five, six, seven, eight, Mariano. Mariano, Mariano. for because Jay Mariano married Jay Mariano. <laughs> and we're so happy for them. We're so happy for them. Best of wishes. Yeah. Best of wishes. <laughs> what do you say to the bride? Best wishes. Best wishes to but the I bride. love that you said best of wishes. Best of wishes. Best of wishes. All of the wishes, the best of them. <laughs> Let's do the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's do the podcast. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to One More to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. Why does it feel like we haven't done this in a while? So long. I know. We're actually recording yeah. this episode before we record the episode that's being released before this. We're recording yeah, that the one Logan tomorrow. episode. The Logan Gilmore yeah. to Consider. It's so funny. Um, so we'll have told you about our live event when we talk about it in the Gilmore to Consider episode, um, yeah. which went very well, by the way. It was super lovely to meet everybody. Just to reiterate I what know. we've already said, but <laughs> will have said tomorrow. <laughs> what we will have said tomorrow, last week. <laughs> but it just feels like it's been so long since we've done this because the last time we recorded was before we did the live event. Then we did the live event. We couldn't record for a couple days because we were both kind of, you were landing from flying. I yeah. had work. Like, it was just so many things. You were recording with Adrian Young, which is really exciting. I know. Who was like, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to that episode because she is like, a surprise Gilmore Girls fan. She's the author of Spells for Forgetting, which was our October pick. Yeah. And I thought she was going to be one of those people who just like, you know, casual Gilmore Girls fan. But no, she like plot twist in the middle of the episode revealed that she is like one of us. And I was so I love excited. It. I love that, that that you had that moment with her. I know, me too. I was like, so cool. honestly, couldn't pivot because I was like, you know, I was expecting, you know, just to talk about her book. But then like, I was like, you're a super fan. And my brain like just like went blank because I was just like, I was like so excited. But I was like, which question do I ask you? I have so many. I, now I have so many questions. Where do I begin? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's which is so why we'll have her back on the podcast because like yeah. she's team Jess. She has such feelings. She, the night before we recorded, she had fallen asleep to a deep fried Korean Thanksgiving mixed oh. with that'll do pig. Like she's like a true, so for like the last nine years has fallen asleep every night to Gilmore Girls. So like that. when that episode comes, I feel like that would be a good one. Even if you haven't read the book because she's such a cool person. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I want to listen to it and I didn't even read the book, but <laughs> you know, when you told me about your experience with her, I was like, oh, I can't wait to meet her. I feel like we are. I know two sides of the same coin she's so are because like she didn't identify as a swifty but she identified as a taylor swift fan and she's a 1989 folklore team jess girly okay so falls asleep <laughs> and like doesn't like to go past season five. Oh my god wait we're literally yeah. the same person and she's a writer oh, i'm obsessed I'm so obsessed. like when she comes on i feel like you guys are gonna like have like a little jess mariano fan fest i can't wait um the jess which, mariano like, fan fest is here it's here. Which, like, speaking of a Jess Mariana fan fest. Yes, yeah, speaking of a Jess fan fest, we have a very special episode today. If you're familiar with the podcast Pod Crushed with Penn Badgley, Nava, who is his co-host, has joined us today. We met her in Podcast Movement after a little encounter that Haley and I were hoping would happen, not with yeah. her specifically, but um, Haley and just I, in general. Haley and I were trying to figure out how we were going to make friends at Podcast Movement, and I said we just have to wear cute outfits because that's the way that women bond. Yeah. they just are like, oh my god, I love your outfit, or oh. My my god i yeah. love your blazer and um nava came up to Haley and was like i love your dress and we were like oh my gosh and kind of you know commiserated over the gilmore girls podcast that we have because she saw it on our tag our name tag and we were familiar with her because of pod crushed and she talked to us about how she deeply romanticized jess mariano and that was yeah. kind of a way that she informed a lot of the relationships that she built uh, over time from a young age and so we thought hey we absolutely need to have a conversation about this we had to talk about it and we it finally like, did <laughs> it felt like such a Gilmore Girls moment though because I was wearing a red dress and like you know in the re revival Rory's like her lucky red dress oh, is like love. what she's looking for so it felt like that and like right now Tara's wearing whoop, you're not Right now, if you're not watching on video, Tara is wearing a shirt that says manifest that shit, mm -hmm. which it felt like us like wanting to be like, we're going to wear cute outfits to meet fun people. And we totally did. We like, totally like did. Us manifesting cute outfits into fun, exciting people. Yeah. Um, totally happened. Yeah. And so we are really excited to have this conversation with her to talk about all things Jess Mariano, especially coming off of a conversation about Logan. I think it's so perfect. Yeah. You, yeah. me, our men, and Nava. <laughs> so we yeah. hope that you enjoy this episode. <laughs> 
Hi, Nava. So excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. We're really happy to have you here to talk all things Jess Mariano. Thank, Thank you. I'm, I'm so excited, excited to be here. I got, I got to watch several episodes in prep and it was super fun. I forgot how much I loved, I loved that, that show. show. Oh my gosh, right? I know. Especially when I step away from it for a second, which I have been recently because we were doing a rewatch on our Patreon, but we stopped in uh, solidarity with the SAG strikes. We, um, I just, every time I turn on an episode, because I'm watching it with my boyfriend, he's never seen it. And we're like in the middle of season three. So like peak Jess era. Yeah. And every time I, I turn on an episode with him because we move through it so much slower than I would move through it on my own. I'm like, God, I love the show. It's just yeah. so good. <laughs> you get to like savor it. The savoring of it is really important. But um, we're so excited to have you here after meeting you at Podcast Movement. What an amazing little happenstance. It's funny because Haley and I were chatting before we uh, went to Podcast Movement. And we were like, how do you think we're going to meet people? Mm. And I said, we're going to wear cute outfits. Yeah. That's how you connect with women. <laughs> it's true. And that is exactly how we connected with you. You were like, hey, I really love your outfit. And I was like, I yeah. love your outfit too. I feel like there's no better way to connect with other women than to wear a cute outfit and to compliment their cute outfit. It's so, it's so true. I, I remember one of you, I think Haley was wearing like a checkered red dress. Was it yeah. something yeah. like that? Yeah. And I had seen you like earlier in the night than when I approached and the whole night I was like, I just really want to tell her how cute her dress is. Is that weird? <laughs> Thank and you then so before much. I was leaving, I like walked over to the table. I like worked up the courage to be like, oh my God, your dress is so cute. You both look so good. So oh my God. Thing. It was really fun. Yeah. yeah. I it was just so dress. funny because as soon as as soon as you walked away, I said, see, cute. Yeah. Dress. We were like, look, everyone like that we met that we loved that like that whole like weekend, I guess it was a weekend, a couple of days, it was because they complimented our outfits. And, and us theirs, like we right before we met you, we met this other podcaster who had an amazing jumpsuit on. And I was like, oh my God, I love your jumpsuit. And it, it's so yeah. genuine. I feel like that's how so many people connect oftentimes, especially like at events in New York. It's like, wow, I love what you're wearing. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> but anyway, it sparked this conversation, which I was so happy about because we were familiar with your podcast, Podcrushed. <laughs> And then when we saw your name tag, because what I loved about podcast movement is everybody wore a name tag with their name and what show they were affiliated with. Um, that's how we also connected with a lot of people was not just our outfits, but people being like, oh, you have a Gilmore Girls podcast. I love Gilmore Girls because that is also an easy way to connect with people. I feel like nine times out of 10 when you meet someone, they've probably seen Gilmore Girls. They probably love the show. It's their comfort food. And um, we saw that you were with Podcrush and we were like, oh, my gosh. And then you saw us that we had a Gilmore Girls podcast and it was like, yeah. oh, fate. I love it. It was like a perfect alignment. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so tell us a little bit about Podcrushed, about the premise, how you arrived at it. Because um, I feel like it falls in line very perfectly with the fact that as avid Gilmore Girls watchers, we love to talk about what we loved when we were younger. And I feel like that yeah. falls in line with Podcrushed. It's perfect. So Podcrushed is a podcast that um, I started with a couple of my friends in 2020. We had the idea in 2020 during the pandemic sort of like peak pandemic. We were all based in New York. New York was such a dark place to be at the beginning yeah. of the pandemic. Um, and so just really thinking about like hopeful content and uplifting stuff, like nothing bleak, nothing apocalyptic. And so one, one of those people is is the actor Penn Badgley, who you might know as Dan on Gossip Girl or Joe on You. Um, and I was telling him about this idea that I had for a podcast where you would just hear people's like embarrassing or heartbreaking middle school stories. And I was just telling him as like, uh, hey, I want to do this. We have a production company together. I want to do this. Would you be okay if I use like some of my company time to make it? I didn't think he'd want to be part of it. It's not the obvious brand for Penn. And he was like, that sounds amazing. Like, can I be part of it? And I was like, wait, a celebrity joining the podcast? That's yeah. <laughs> Say less. Yeah, exactly. So was really surprised when Penn wanted to be part of it. And then we decided that he would like narrate people's stories um, and so the first season of the show, a lot of it was re revolved around people sharing their original stories and pen narrating them. In the second season, we sort of shifted the format. So we, in both seasons, we interview celebrities and they, they come on and they tell us their coming of age stories, their middle school stories, how sort of their first love, their first heartbreak, these first like humiliating moments have shaped them and, and who they are today. Um, but this season we've been saving and by the time this episode is out, I think this will be out on our, on our stream too. We actually decided to give listeners entire episodes. So instead of being just like one story sort of at the end of a celebrity episode, 
we picked six listeners who get their own like full episodes and those will start releasing soon. So that's something new. <gasps> no, that's that so cool. And so I love that. There's something so powerful in building community that way because we do something similar where we have our listeners call in and share their thoughts and opinions on Gilmore Girls. We call it Gilmore to Consider. And um, when Haley came up with the concept for having a voicemail hotline where we could hear them and actually respond to them, talk to them, uh, it was a game changer for us. We love that because sometimes I think as a podcaster – you kind of feel like you're talking into the void a little bit because it's just you, right? You're in this space and you're talking to each other. Um, but to know that there's a whole community on the other side of that who also shares in um, the stories that you share and they have their own to connect with you on, that's really what it's about. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I also love that you can connect over like the fact that like you're interviewing celebrities versus like your listeners coming in. And we all have the exact same embarrassing middle school stories to tell. Correct. Like everyone listens to it because like I was listening to like the Rob Lowe episode and like I can't relate to him like knocking on like Liza Minnelli's like hotel door. But some of the other yeah. things that he was saying, I was like, I can absolutely relate to like that feeling. So I love yeah. that there's that juxtaposition. Um, it's interesting that you say that like it was like not Pin's brand to do a podcast like that because like I feel like the like chemistry that the three of y'all have doing it together is like so perfect. Like y'all all balance each other out really well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's, really it's really one sweet. of my favorite ones to listen to. I like sit in bed at night and listen to the three of you while I make like beaded bracelets. <laughs> oh my god, it's so sweet. I love that. Are you making these bracelets for the Eras Tour concerts by any chance? Yeah, case? I am. I make friendship bracelets at night just like it's like I, love I it. like I made them for the Eras Tour and then now it's just become like my like anxiety hobby. So it feels Haley's like <laughs> Haley's beadery. It feels so like appropriate though that I'm making like like middle school friendship bracelets almost while I'm listening to you guys tell middle school stories. <laughs> I love that. That's so sweet. Yeah, wow. I do know that you're a Swifty though, so like I did want to bring a that up. Yeah. And <laughs> love it. Have yeah. you talked about Gilmore Girls at all on Podcrushed? We have not talked about Gilmore Girls and we haven't actually had a guest from Gilmore Girls. I think we'd love to have at the very least Milo. I think Milo and Penn are, are friends. So hopefully, hopefully that could be a season three guest. I, I will say, not that you mentioned Gilmore Girls, but when Taylor Momsen was on, she was talking about her middle school crushes. Oh, yeah, and her true. middle school crush was Jared Padalecki. Um, yes, and she told so a true. she told a really funny story about meeting him and thinking that he was going to fall in love with her because she was in love with him and it didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> it's really sweet. I, and didn't you think that it was because she wasn't tall enough? Yeah, wasn't that's exactly what it was. <laughs> Yeah, thank so you. Cool. Not to he reference your own podcast back man. to you, but like I remember listening to that <laughs> and just love like it. loving it. it so much. <laughs> That's really sweet. Yeah. yeah, I love it. In the spirit of Pod Crush, what we wanted to do is like for you to paint a portrait of like who you were when you first started watching Gilmore Girls, um, and what was going on in your life and um how you got led to the show. Can you remind me what year? it premiered do you know that like off the in top 2000 of 2000 yeah. 2000 okay okay that's that is sort of aligned with my memory so I was a, a junior either a sophomore or a junior in high school so you were um, Rory's age I was Rory's age when it came oh. out was it on like it was on like Warner Brothers or the CW yeah, it was on the D like, WB yeah and so that was like all teen programming so I watched like everything everything on Warner and like CW was what I watched I was like really into Dawson's Creek Felicity Gilmore Girls I remember when Gilmore Girls premiered, it felt really different than any other show, like the cadence, the sort of the focus on the mother and daughter, um, Rory being really smart and sweet and the fact that she didn't wear makeup all really resonated with me. I wasn't allowed to wear makeup until I was older. And I was like, definitely like a bookwormy. Kind of, I mean, not exactly a bookworm, but, you know, I did like well in school and that was like a really big part of my personality. Um, and so even though Rory and I don't look alike, she was like a character that I felt resonance with in a way that I hadn't with other characters. So the show felt special. Um, and I really connected with it right away. I love that. Do you still feel the same way about Rory? Well, it's interesting. I haven't watched the revival. I don't know what you would call it. Oh, really? Story. I know I need to watch it. So I don't know where Rory landed. Um, but I was, I was watching a few episodes last night, sort of the ones that introduced Jess to re-familiarize myself with it. Cause it had been a while. And I just remember that she's so kind, like I had forgotten that part of her personality and I felt, this isn't an answer to your question. I'm answering a different question, but I felt sad because <laughs> I was thinking that I don't, I can't think of any current shows where the leads are very kind. Like that just yeah. seems like something we let go of. Like they'll be smart, 
women are smarter than they were portrayed to be in the 90s and early 2000s, but they're like snarky and mean and like tearing other people down or getting revenge or there just seems to be like an edge to it. You can't just have like someone who's really smart and thoughtful. So I really yeah. resonate with Rory existing as a as like an archetype yeah, um, or even more now in this context, I would yeah. say. Because a lot of people, like as the show goes on, as she goes to college and she steals a yacht and she starts making like choices like sleeping with other people's husbands and like things like that, people start to like pull away from her. Because like I know a lot of people like on TikTok, a really big thing is like people will like close the laptop after season three and be like, that's the end of Gilmore Girls. Because it's like so <laughs> preserved that Rory is that like archetype there that like doesn't really exist in other shows. But then she like super falls off. So a lot of people see like are really disappointed because they had that like perfect sort of character that like really unraveled that's a great point and i just realized that i don't think i kept watching the show after jess left so really it's no just new information to me i'm like wait rory did wait, those things still watching this show i think i did i think i must have stopped when jess left i was one of those watchers for a really long time as well until it came out on netflix I think that I was really only familiar with like seasons one through four, maybe because you had to have the box sets before yeah. it was available to stream. That's so true. like I only had the early seasons. And so I like inadvertently closed the laptop because that was all I had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're going back to the beginning. I'm very much an early seasons girl. It sounds like you are as well. Yeah. Um, mostly because I love Jess, but also because those were the seasons I grew up on. So did you feel like in college you kind of, you know, veered away from the show? Yeah, I must have. Um, I'm like, what did I watch in college? I think I didn't watch that much TV, but I think I do remember we watched Gossip Girl my freshman yeah, year. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Really like, Talk about party. smart people who aren't kind. <laughs> yes, exactly. Total shift. Um, yeah, but wow, I, that's a beautiful full, uh, full circle moment for you. Yeah, yeah. Work it's with so Penn. You know, actually, this is, I don't think I've ever, a pen knows this, but I don't think I've ever shared the story on Podcrush. Um, or like publicly when Penn and I first met I didn't he says he has two reactions from people either they like swoon or they pretend they don't know him or they don't know who he is I mean sometimes people don't know who he is but but he can like tell when someone's that and I really didn't do either I didn't like acknowledge that I knew who he was but I didn't pretend that I knew who he that I didn't know who he was I just tried to be like normal um, but when we became friends, I would pretend, but he knew that I was joking, that I thought he was Jess from Gilmore Girls. And <laughs> even had, at one point we had like a little group chat with a friend of ours named Kenny, and I named it Gilmore Girls. And oh I would just God. refer to him as like, you're that guy from Gilmore Girls, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's amazing. I love that I so much. Because like, not no. Like, I they don't it. not look kind of the same. <laughs> they look know? totally alike. I was watching that someone like, Ben could have totally been Jess. Like, oh, yeah. thousand percent. Oh, that would have been great. That's yeah. so funny. You know, um, Haley and I did see him once um, at Podcast Movement because we were like, is that Penn Badgley? This was before we met you. We were like, is Penn Badgley here at Podcast Movement? Like, it was just one of those, like, out-of-body experiences that we were like, yeah, the and the room is Penn Badgley right now. But also, yeah. I don't know how I um, – would have acted I probably would have been somewhere in between where I would have been like hi I'm not gonna pretend like I don't know who you are yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. every time we saw him we actually didn't go up to him because we had seen him talking on um oh who does the podcast called I Way? um yeah Jamila, Jamila. yeah we had just seen him talk about how like awkward it is to like be a celebrity figure and have people come up to you who you don't know and we were like oh maybe we won't go say anything to yeah yeah because that has to be kind of challenging when you're constantly bombarded um not that you know not that he's constantly bombarded but that probably has to be kind of challenging to navigate and to find your own peace and quiet time um in a space like podcast movement where there is so much happening around you but you need to kind of have a moment to breathe um, yeah. So yeah, I did, but I did have a call with him this morning, and I told him I was doing this podcast, and I said I think it's because they thought you were Jess on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> oh my God, let's keep that rumor alive. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's let that live on. I'm doing the podcast because they think they can yeah. get to you somehow, somewhere yeah. because you were Jess yeah. on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Well, speaking of Jess on Gilmore Girls, the real Jess Mariano, if you will. Yes. What drew you to his character when you were yeah. watching the show? Okay, so I will say this. I always think of him in that jean jacket with the, what is that material called? It's Sherba. like the, 
the Sherpa, the Sherpa yeah. underneath. And to me, it's like so iconic of Jess that I was stunned when I rewatched his first few episodes and he wasn't wearing it. Because in my mind, he like rolled into town in that jacket. Yeah. And I think that jacket was a big part of it. So definitely physical attraction. <laughs> Well, yes. I mean, come on. Yeah. For sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Milo. <laughs> How could you not? Yeah. Exactly. Totally. He was totally my type, way more than than Jared. Um, so I think physical attraction is the first thing that drew me to Jess. And I think it was like the bad boy who reads, you know, it was like, yeah. oh my God. What, what a dream. dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Those were the first two things. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the conversations that drew us to each other to have this episode is because one of the things you said to us was like, I love Jess Mariano. And honestly, I think that I romanticized him so hard that like I ended up kind of dating people that were like him. And I'd love to hear more about that because I feel like we, that's part of the reason why we started this podcast was because what we consume can ultimately inform the way that we behave. And it was a big topic of conversation for one of our first episodes because we did an episode as we shared with you about how Jess Mariano is romanticized. And he totally is. It doesn't take away the fact that we love him. I mean, yes, <laughs> and I will be forever. But part of that is because my middle school heart just completely latched on to him. But I did find myself in retrospect now being, you know, in my 30s and kind of like way more emotionally mature and aware of myself than I was when I was a teenager, you know, recognizing maybe how what I consumed through Gilmore Girls and the flawed characters that were built informed the relationships I built with other people. So I'm curious what your journey with that was like. Yeah, I think, you know, I was thinking about it as I was watching last night, because in the, in the first few episodes, he is kind of like a, a little asshole. He's like, yeah, oh, he's still- totally a little asshole. Yeah. Super rude to Lorelai and kind of dismissive of, of Rory. Um, and I was like, is he just an asshole? Like, did I just, you know, were we all sort of fed this like no they're actually really good I know there's like a lot of discourse on this even on this sort of like um pride and prejudice maybe is like the first archetype that we're all familiar yeah. with mm-hmm. Darcy being so rude to her and then turning around so there is that fantasy of like the guy that like is dismissive of you and then it like comes around and you're like his world I think that that is the fantasy that I latched onto. yeah that like someone being like dismissive of me didn't mean that it wouldn't come around and in my experience, it doesn't come around. Actually, when they're interested, it's like, it's right away. Yeah. Um, but it took me like, honestly, like too long to figure that out. I would say well into my 30s to be like, oh, yeah, like if he's not interested right away, like don't, don't bother. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's my experience. Like, I wish it wouldn't have taken me that long, but it really did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think more than the bad boy thing, it was the like the lack of interest that that yeah. was something that grabbed me you're like you're not interested in me I love it I'm all in (laughs) Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category including beauty clothing electronics home department stores pets and more and as you all know I love shopping through the Rakuten app Every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropology's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. It's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 
15% off the Recess Mood sampler pack at takearecess.com GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. No, I think a lot of people feel that way. I know I absolutely adapted that personality trait and that attraction to people who maybe didn't show an immediate interest in me um, or people who like weren't interested in anyone or anything, but were interested in me. Cause I also feel like he falls under that trope as yeah. well. Like yeah. I love, I hate everyone except for you. Yeah. He I says, I don't want to talk to anyone else. I don't like anyone else. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. isn't that the dream to like this guy who like literally hates everything that, but like is obsessed with you. Like, it's so nice. And then yeah. it turns out in real life, like, that's probably not desirable either. You, like, want I someone know. who's and, like, and has likes your friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And they kind of, you know, Amy did a really great job at showing us that because when Jess and Rory get together, he's not a great boyfriend. And, yeah. like, as a team Jess stand, I completely stand by that because people who question, you know, how can you be on team Jess? He was a terrible boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, but I'm on team Jess because of the character of Jess. He's amazing very fleshed out arguably in my opinion i've said this before so many times has one of the most gorgeous character arcs on the entire series but you know while he was with her he was a total asshole and amy showed us that she was like you know that person who doesn't like anybody else but likes you and especially given the background that he had you know with his family life and kind of being very unstable he had no idea how to be a good and solid partner for Rory also he was 17 years old (laughs) so taking that into account is really important but um you know Amy did a really good job at showing us kind of that like once that does come to fruition he might not show up in the same way that you expect him to it doesn't mean that he magically becomes Prince Charming just because he's now your boyfriend you know I feel like that's really well said like where do people model their understanding of love so much of it is what's happening at home and so given that he had that home life like it makes sense that even if he loved Rory he wouldn't he wouldn't necessarily automatically know how to model like stable behavior. Yeah. yeah I'm just exactly. curious. So you're team Jess. Who are you? I'm team Logan. You're team Logan. Okay. I think I, I haven't seen any of Logan, to be oh honest. Oh my gosh. Maybe you'd be the team letters. Logan. Now yeah. you have to. Now I'm going to have to go down the journey because yeah. I will tell you, we've had, I've been very open about this as well. I am team Jess. And also you should watch the rest of the series to understand where Jess's character goes because it's- yeah. it, 
Amazing. So does he come back in future seasons? He in does. season six. So you see him in season four a little bit. And that is more, uh, there is some stuff involving Rory because as you know, like they left things on very uncertain terms with each other. Their breakup was really not cool. Um, yeah. And he just kind of leaves. But when he does eventually return, um, you do see him approach Rory and there's, I don't want to say resolution there, but stuff happens. But it's really about his relationship with Luke which yeah, I think yeah. is very important considering that he didn't really have a stellar upbringing with his parents and to see the way that Luke shows up for him. And then he starts to slowly show up for Luke as well. You also get to meet his mom, which is very important. She yeah. becomes a pretty um, steady character throughout the rest of the series, starting in season four. And then he also returns in season six. Um, and and then the revival. In the revival. Yeah. Yes. I had heard that he returned in the revival, but I, yeah, I haven't seen it, yeah. but I read they didn't end up together in the revival. Does she no. end up with anyone? Is it left sort of unspecified? It's left a little unspecified. There are some, like the cliffhanger that the revival leaves on, it's kind of obvious who she um, is with, so to speak, by the end of the and? series. Yeah. yeah. Um, with is an interesting with word. With is a very, yeah. I was say, with <laughs> is a, like, ends up with is such a, a loose term. Yeah. We're really, really trying not to spoil anything. it for you. <laughs> we really are. But, you know, the beautiful thing about the revival, as I'm sure you know, is that Amy didn't get to write season seven. Um, mm. She could not reach an agreement with the WB after season six. She and Dan left the show. Season seven was written by a writing team that she was not at the helm of. And subsequently the show feels like fan fiction <laughs> it kind of feels like very expensive fan fiction so yeah. her coming back to eventually write the story and end it the way that she intended to because the last four words i don't i'm sure you've heard about these like famous last the lore. Four words. she mm. had written these four words to end the series with very early on and didn't get to actually see that through until 2016 so there is something very beautiful about that ending and it leaves things open-ended. It leaves room for the possibility of more, which I don't know that we necessarily need more. Um, but yeah, I, I think you absolutely should, especially because it's fall and it's like cozy times, yeah, yeah. cozy Gilmore Girls time. Gilmore Girls season. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think you would really love to see, especially if you're Team Jess, to see where it goes. And as much as I am Team Jess, I do believe that Logan was probably her best partner. He was. Her most okay. fleshed out, <laughs> most appropriate partner for who she is and who she becomes. Yeah. And Matt Sakri is just great. Very He's yummy. What a cutie. Can <laughs> we go on an aside about I don't understand why studio execs like cut off like unless there's like a controversy which has happened with like some showrunners, like why they won't just renew a contract of a very successful show. Yeah. Like, yes. I think it's just like a lack of appreciation for writers and how it can't actually be done yeah. by a bot or AI. Well, one of the, uh, I know one of the, one of the big things with this one was that she was like pushing for an eighth season in addition to the seventh one, because all of the actors contracts were going to be up for renewal as well. And so it was that kind of thing of like, if she was going to be renewed as well, she wanted the actors to get what they were paid. And like, if they were like, had been there for that long at like that rate, yeah. it was obviously going to increase. And so it was like kind of a mix of like, she was trying to like hold on to them as well and like appreciate them and so it just like ended up not working out and what like a travesty like to not be able to end that show well that's so wild there do you guys know like steve carell i guess i found this out recently he was willing to do like more seasons of the office but he wanted a raise and nbc wouldn't give it to him <gasps> no like, you know, considered the number one that someone just released this ranking he's considered like the number one comedic character ever in television history <gasps> and nbc just let him go because they didn't want to pay him more which i think is just so wild oh my god yeah. i didn't realize that yeah because, you know the the word has always been that he left. said i will do x amount of seasons and i'm out yeah. wow well, yeah, very, yeah. It's very it's topical and very yeah. telling for where we're at right now yeah. in history with all of these strikes. Totally. Yeah. yeah. We reference yeah. The Office a lot on this podcast yeah. <laughs> for a Gilmore Girls podcast. Okay, wait, I have one more. I have one more. You can cut all of this. But I also, when there was a writer's strike in 2007, did you guys, are you guys Friday Night Lights fans? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I never watched, but I've heard such great yeah. things okay, about you it. I'm a fan yeah. because there's like two episodes where Matt Zucre comes on and I literally <laughs> like binged the entire series up until that point so I could like watch it and know 
what was going on with his character. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So, so in Friday Night Lights, it was like around when there was the first writer, not the first ever, but the, the most recent writer yeah, strike. Right. And uh, NBC just got rid of the writers and brought in a new team of writers. I didn't pause the show, which you can't do now, but you could do that in 2007. So you could just get non-union writers to write your show. So they just replaced the whole writing team, brought in new writers. I think it's the second season. So in the second season of Friday Night Lights, there's like a murder. Like there's like two of the lead characters like murder someone. Yeah. And then like get the body and it's this whole thing. And it's like a family football show. Like it just like completely deviates. And then they drop it in season three when the new writer, they like never pick it up again when the original writers return. And I just think it's like the strangest thing. Like this new team of writers were like, we're going to change the genre. We're going to make yeah. it. A murder. <laughs> and that then no one so ever brings crazy. it up again. <laughs> you know, I feel like that probably would have happened with Gilmore Girls because it already kind of went like, I think the writer's room did their best to like steer the ship in the direction they thought maybe Amy was going and to take what she had left them with in season six and kind of use it to their advantage. Um, and I know that they were kind of flying a little bit blind, but um, the show ended in 2007. So had they continued with another season? Yeah, that's true. It would have been, it would have been wild because yeah, yeah. they wouldn't have had Amy. They wouldn't have had their writers. If the WB tried to do what Friday Night Lights did, uh, yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> what would have someone. looked like? <laughs> someone would have gotten murdered. <laughs> crazy wow I did not know that yeah (laughs) oh my gosh yeah but anyway that you know that kind of brings the revival full circle because you know I don't I don't always know that we necessarily need a revival when it comes to these really popular tv shows that are now it's happening a lot more since Gilmore Girls did it they were one of the earlier ones to do it um but I know it's happened a lot since then and I don't necessarily feel like shows always need it but with Gilmore Girls it felt appropriate and it felt justified because Amy, you know, she got to end the show on her own terms. Um, But with Jess's character, I don't know if you knew about this, but Here Comes the Sun, which is the episode where he goes to California and sees his dad, was a backdoor pilot for a TV show called Windward Circle, where he was supposed to be the star of the show. It was supposed to be a Jess Mariano spinoff, and it was about him getting to know his dad and living in California. And what kind of bums us out that we talk about often, and we would love to ask Amy if we ever have her on the podcast, if this uh, was the intention was, you know, did you write his character to let Rory down, leave, abandon her, go to California to service this pilot, this backdoor pilot in this show that never happened? Or was he always meant to do that? Mm. You know, did we kind of lose his character? Was he meant to be more of a series regular for the rest of the show? And I'm really curious how what that would have looked like, because he does come back, which is great. And I think he needed to anyway to service his relationship with Luke, to, you know, say his peace with Rory. I I don't know that it necessarily happened in the way that I would have loved for it to happen. (laughs) But, you know, I just wonder how different it would have been had he been able to be on for a, you know, as a series regular instead of kind of going off to service this backdoor pilot that never came to fruition. Yeah. It's so interesting when when shows, like when you have a character who's so popular that they do get the spinoff, and then it, you know, there's like humans involved as the actors and you, you wish them the best. And I guess a lot of actors want to be like the lead of something. Mm-hmm. So that part of it makes sense, but it always feels like it to the degree that the show, the concept is art. It feels like it kind of corrupts the art a little bit yeah. like to make a commercial decision. I think about that even with like yeah. Buffy, you know, Angel got his own show, which was very successful, but yeah. it absolutely set those characters up to be each other's soulmates and then rip them apart so that he can get yeah. Yeah, doesn't make sense to the story you were telling, but that kind of is true of this, too, is like, I know that, like, it really makes sense to Jess's character to, like, I think to leave and, like, not, not, like, communicate that to her because, like, he was just in. (laughs) I thought you were waving a feather for a second. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to do a spell together. (laughs) Yeah, we're just about to do some witchcraft. Oh my gosh, that was so crazy. Um, <laughs> um, Luna's tail just went across the screen for anyone listening on audio. Um, <laughs> I just realized we just all started laughing at that. Um, I love it. But um, what was I even saying? I have no <laughs> idea. Jess's character to leave without. Oh, right. It, yeah. Leave without communicating because, like, he was just oh, in that totally. place. Like, we were talking about earlier of like his home life. Like, there was nothing really like holding him there except for this girl that he didn't know how to treat well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that uh, it was kind of like that 
Midnight Rain vibes of like um she broke he broke her heart because he was nice she was nice sort yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah. Um Love the reference. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um and I think that him going off to this pilot kind of made sense, but like the actual trajectory of what it was going to be about of him being in California with his dad and like not having anywhere else to go, it didn't have like a setup. Like whereas like Gilmore Girls had a very clear they had to have the Friday night dinners because Lorelai needed the money for Rory to go to school. Very clear what was going to happen. There was no real setup like that in the pilot for it. If you watch, um, I mean, you can see it in the episode, but if you watch the like bits that weren't aired and I just like, it's kind of like one of those things of like, just keep him here. Just keep him in stars hollow. Let him face the consequences in front of us right now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, and I do agree with you that like him, leaving was not so off-brand like it wasn't like a murder in the middle of friday night lights yeah it was very much like okay yeah it is so on brand for this person to leave um but it's yeah i just needed not that i needed more of a reason but i needed more of a setup you know like there was some setup but i I don't know it just i i think that is a huge this that's another huge reason why people close the laptop on season three is because they're just like well that was yeah. a letdown, you know, all of this build up in season two and in, you know, at the beginning of season three yeah. for him to let her down, which was such a bummer and maybe kind of inevitable, but kind of breaks her heart yeah. when you're team Jess. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like as audiences now, we're more used to there. We, there's just a lot more of like people don't end up together who you root for. But yes, I feel like yeah. in the 90s people always ended up together and this is like just right after the nineties. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's an expectation as an audience that like they're going to end up together. So it's like, yeah, it's yeah. yeah, I know. I also stopped watching Buffy when Angel left. I was like, I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> I am out. This is not what I signed up for. So how did you feel about Dean watching the series? Yeah, I I felt like he was like blah. Like I just was never that <laughs> into him. I was kind I know. of I don't know. Yeah, I just he didn't do any I, I didn't feel like anger and I didn't and I wasn't into it at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um I felt similarly while I was watching the show that I was like, oh, they're cute, but like Jess. Yeah. Just yeah. Jess. But as an adult, I kind of watch him and, you know, I've softened on this a lot, but part of the reason that um, Haley and I started our show is because um, we met each other on TikTok and we would do these TikToks about, you know, Gilmore Girls and our hot takes and whatever. And my first hot take where one of my videos went viral was because I was talking about how I felt like Dean was easily Rory's most toxic boyfriend. And in my opinion, yeah, (laughs) and it's because I think that, you know, Coming from the perspective of early 2000s when things were a little different, we let a lot more slide. Um, And just in general, like being a 16, 17 year old, you know, he just seemed like kind of an immature, like emotionally kind of inept teenager. And, And I still think that that's true. But when you watch how quick he is to anger and the way he just like is always jealous and always like controlling a little yep. clingy you know like that's so normal for a 17 year old but like when you really watch it as a 30 year old you're like point. ow please yeah. no it's like red flag red flag red flag <laughs> like just throwing them <laughs> every which way and so I think that part of the reason why I latched onto that so hard is because I felt like growing up and I don't know if you felt the same way especially being on team Jess that he was really criticized within the show and outside of the show for being like a bad boy for being yeah. you know defiant and really difficult to handle and, and stealing he was. gnomes stealing <laughs> gnomes but like for me you know when I look at them now in hindsight I'm like actually I kind of think Dean posing as this nice guy I'm not saying he was a horrible person but posing as like this nice guy who was super quick to anger super quick to be jealous super quick to like be super possessive of Rory and her time. I actually kind of felt like Jess liberated her character in a lot of ways because she was um, kind of opening herself up to more possibility than putting herself in this box to be with Dean. I like that. I can get behind that take. Yeah. What do you think? 
No, I feel I feel the same. I will say when we first started this, like a lot of like our very first episode is called Star Cross Lovers and Other Reasons to Hate Dean Forrester. So we like came right out the gate with like we were not we were not about this man. Um yeah. <laughs> we have merch that says Dean sucks on it. So like we're like very solidly <laughs> in the camp that like we don't like this man. Um but what's interesting is like we on our Patreon we've been rewatching, like we mentioned, and we like paused. And so we've gotten up to season three. And as we've made our way through, Tara, who was like very like firmly in the belief that like Dean is awful terrible and like I was a lot more like lenient toward it as we've made our way through Tara has like opened up and like recognized a lot more of like the reasons why he did things and maybe at some point spend like wait was I Dean as a teenager whereas like I have gotten more like critical of him and like I'm the one that's like wait why are you defending him here like this is terrible um and she's gotten a lot more understanding which I think is really fascinating because like like in our first episode I think I was the one who was more um I guess like generous towards him offering him some more like grace as a teenager um because that's like the biggest criticism that people have for us is like that like he's a teenager I'm like he's a teenager written by 40 year olds (laughs) Totally. Yeah. 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 I've definitely softened about it because watching this show with a more discerning eye, you know, it's so different when you're watching it for pleasure, comfort, whatever. Um, and then you're watching it to actually talk about it and break it down and get into the nitty gritty of these characters. And I was like, well, I get why he was upset. My stance now is that I understand his feelings. I don't necessarily think the reaction was justified. Like yeah. when he, you know, the episode where Rory and Jess and Paris are all hanging out because um, Lorelai and her mom have gone to the spa. And she says, like, I am spending a night to myself. And Dean is like, oh, OK. You know, he calls himself a saint for allowing her the space to have a night to herself. And I was like, OK. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Paris shows up and that's unexpected. And then Jess shows up and that's super unexpected. And he surprises her, Dean, by coming over. And he just absolutely loses his mind that other people are at the house with her. And I get it. It's Jess. He has a complex about it. But I think he would have been just as pissed if he showed up and Paris was there. You know, he just loses it. And I was like, look, I can understand why you feel lied to. I can understand why you feel, you know, maybe a little betrayed in a sense. But did you have to get that angry about it? You know, like, I understand the feelings. I can justify the feelings. I can't justify the reaction. So that's kind of where I've landed on it. That totally makes sense. I have um, a question about what it's like for you guys to watch it now that you're doing the rewatch, being closer to Lorelai's age. I find that super I know yeah. my Lorelai, my Lorelai birthday is happening next month. It's going to be my 32nd birthday. So like I call it my Lorelai year because that's when we met her. Um, it is very weird because she still feels like an adult and I still feel like a kid. Like, yes. I feel like Lorelai and I are she's, not the same she's age. She's like mom age and I'm her daughter. Like, yes. <laughs> can't relate. I was looking at I'm like, I should not relate more to Rory than I do to Lorelai. This I is know. Yeah. But I think I've always um, identified more with Lorelai. I genuinely think like my sarcasm and the way that I kind of speak to people and um, my outlook on life is very, very informed by Amy Sherman Palladino, but by Lorelai's character. Like, I am sarcastic because of the character that I grew up watching, and I always identified more with her than with Rory. It's interesting. I identified more with Lorelai, but I was so focused on Rory's relationships. Yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of people felt zeroed in on Rory's relationships, but I always identified more with Lorelai. So it doesn't feel necessarily different. Um, I just feel, I guess, a little more uh, justified, too, because we're now the same age, which is crazy. And I still don't feel as real. (laughs) Yeah. No, mine is, I think that mine is like, it kind of comes from like two places. um, Because uh, like, I've been thinking, I think about it a lot when I listen to Podcrush, because I start to think about like, my middle school, like my early days, and like, what kind of defined me then. And like, it's so clearly this show, because like, I started watching when I was like 13 years old. And I started with season five on the WB, because like, I was and I was so obsessed with Logan. And so this show can sometimes be like a time capsule for me, where like, when I watch it, I can like, so clearly remember like the first time I saw an episode. And so like, I can so clearly like return to that place and like almost be 13 14 watching the show and experiencing like that and it didn't it took me a while to like be able to talk about the show on the podcast because it was like so in like intrinsically tied to my identity when I was 13 which is like kind of hard to like discuss on a podcast but when I separated it it like took me a while 
I was able to like look at it from more of like an analytical perspective. And so I never really like register the fact that like I'm Lorelai's age because either I'm watching it like to talk about it and like talk about the writing and talk about the characters or I like zero back in on being 13 and like swooning over Logan Huntsberger. So it's like I never really fully I guess register that I'm 32 until I'm like looking at Dean and being like, hey, it's probably not good for a 16 year old. Um, So I I don't think that I ever actually am Lorelai. I'm always I'm always like Rory in my 13 year old self. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 How did you feel when you started to kind of exit? I know that you weren't watching it um, as religiously as you were in high school. But how did you feel kind of starting to near Lorelai's age and being like, oh, this is a little different. <laughs> yeah, or even watching it last night. Yeah, uh, yeah. It felt really weird because I mean I'm older now than Lorelai was on the show, which I just can't like register. You don't have to um, be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I kind of agree with what you were saying. Like the sort of watching it, thinking about my adolescence and like what was I going through the first time, and how did it did it like shape my views on relationships? Like how you know mm-hmm. how much I, I think probably the accumulation of like tv shows that i watched definitely shaped yeah. like not just one show but several uh probably not in like the healthiest way so i'm happy <laughs> behind me um, yeah yeah i don't relate to lorelei at all also i don't have like a 16 year old kid so yeah of course yeah <laughs> like, really like is like the <laughs> crux of it <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like even the relationship she has now, I don't necessarily identify with because again, I don't know why they just feel like grownups to me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I like, can't this, do that. I'm not dating Max Medina. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like that just feels like literally dating an adult. Which <laughs> I am not. I'm not um, one of those. I'm a, I'm a teenage 30 year old. Exactly. Um. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to ask, how do you feel about her and Luke? How do you feel about that relationship? Do you ever talk about that? Oh, yeah. We yeah. actually have a, an episode called Kiss and Tell Me that Luke and Lorelai were better off as friends. Um, I really do love their relationship. You know, I think that it's a it's a beautiful relationship. It's the one we were rooting for the entire time. Like it's at the top of the list. Right. But honestly, we've talked about it a lot. And as we you know, we ended with season three on our rewatch. But we are, of course, once the strike, the SAG strike is over, we're going to get further into and closer to them uh getting together but i do think that their chemistry when they were friends was just unmatched right it's kind of the same as like rory and jess you know the two of them being in this like will they won't they was so exciting to watch and i think that goes for anybody and then when they do finally get together like the excitement eventually kind of wears off a little bit because you're like oh this isn't as exciting to watch it's exciting yeah um but they were just there are moments um Brett, my my partner and I, we just watched uh, the episode where he teaches her how to fish. She's going on the date with um, Alex, the coffee shop owner, and he finds out, you know, that she's going on a date. He's like, so you just like felt like taking up fishing one day? And she was like, yeah, I'm going with a friend. And he was like, what friend? And, you know, he finds out that she's going on this date. <laughs> and he's like, well, you can borrow my uh, my gear if you want to. And I was like, Ugh. like, it's just so like, it's such a beautiful friendship. And I... I, I loved it. I loved watching it unfold so much. And I love watching them get together. But they were just great friends. And I sometimes yeah. wish and I feel like once you do move into the later seasons, I feel like you will um, have feelings about this too. Um, I wish that all of that had been brought into their relationship. But of course it changes. It has yeah. to. Right? But But that's so true of like all TV shows and like storytelling is that like the buildup and like the longing that you see between the characters and like the like longing glances across the room that you kind of get because like you get a little bit of both of their perspectives that like that's always the best part like the tension that's building and then when they get together it's like oh that's kind of gone and has to be like made up for in some way and they can't always they can't always see it through well it's like Pam and Jim on The Office we talk about the office again so often i'm always down yeah. for a conversation on the office oh <laughs> uh, like watching the two of them in season three especially when he's with yeah. karen and you're like what are you doing why are you in stanford yeah. come back and <laughs> you know he does and it's the two of them with the tension and she's no longer with roy it's like oh my god everything about this even in season two building up to that kiss they have on casino night like yeah, oh, oh it's yeah. so That's good. the best kisses on television casino yeah. night easily easily so but then when, you know, they do get together in season four, after that moment at the end of season three where he, like, 
turns the job down in New York City and he walks in he's like hey free for dinner tonight and she looks yeah. at the camera I'm like getting chills just thinking about it um, <laughs> I just love it so much when she looks back at the camera Jenna Fisher is a queen yeah. um and she you know at the beginning of season four it's like okay good they got together and yeah. everything after that like it's still exciting watching them get married is exciting watching the moment they find out they're pregnant is exciting but like after that you're kind of like yeah Jim and Pam are together now yeah and yeah. that is great you know, yeah. and their 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 relationship is beautiful and inspiring, but it's you know watching them watching them get together was the exciting part. Yeah, yeah. C- can yeah. I compare a moment of that to Jess and Rory? Is, yes. Um, if, when you mentioned like the kiss, like the casino night, like that's just so good. Immediately, I was like, oh, the other kiss, but it wasn't a kiss. It's Jess and Rory with the sprinkler when that's going off. Like, that just feels like one of those, like, moments on television that's, like, there's not a kiss there, but it's almost better because there's not, because it just feels so, like, it's still like that, like, as, yeah, Yeah. as a Logan girly watching every time I watch that scene, like, it's just, like, there's something, like, the rest of the episode, that episode is not my favorite, but, like, that moment. Now, but do not be mistaken, this girl loves Jess Marion. (laughs) She (laughs) loves him. I was like. I am. I am team Logan. Watching the but- early seasons with her, she was like, do I love Jess? I was like, you do love yeah. Jess. It's okay to it. love Jess and be team Logan. Well, yeah. which brings me to my one of my last questions for you is like, being on team Jess, are you team Jess for Rory or are you team Jess for you? For Nava. <laughs> <laughs> can, can it be both? Do I have to it choose? It can be both. It can be both. No, you don't have to choose. It's, it's just fictional. I feel like- I also feel like you might change your mind after watching the series in its entirety because yeah. I think that that has changed a lot of people's perspective. Like, I'm team Jess for me. I am team – like, personally, I'm team Logan for Rory. Um, but I'm team Jess for myself. Like, yeah. team Jess in general because I root for him and I think his character yeah. arc is so incredible. And but, team Logan for Haley as well. <laughs> and I'm also team Logan for Haley because I'm a ride or die. I'm a girl's girl. So. <laughs> No, I feel like um, I think that was I was definitely team Jess for Rory. I mean, yeah. like I said, like, there were definitely aspects of him that I found really attractive, but I, I really wanted him for for Rory. I had that like Paris social relationship where yeah. I felt like she was my friend, and I wanted her to be with him. Yeah. yeah, and you wanted to steal her boyfriend just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, especially if if season three was kind of the threshold for you. I mean, by the end of season three, I think we're all hoping we're rooting yeah. for Jess as a character. But we're also rooting for Jess to be with Rory. We're rooting for yeah. him to be good enough to be with her, to show up yeah. for her. Yeah. And to be good to Luke. Yeah. Because um, that's yeah. really the part of it that, like, um, really gets me is, like, Luke is, like, that person who, like, will not give up on him. And even when yeah. he, like, tells him that he has to go, I still feel like he didn't want him to actually leave. Like, that's kind of, like, I always think that, that, like, when we see him come back in four and in six, like, the relationship that he continues with Luke and like the appreciation but also like almost the um like like not distaste for Luke in season four but like the criticisms that he offers him it's just it's so interesting and I think that like honestly that's one of my favorite relationships in the whole show like fuck all the other boyfriends and Rory but like it's just like Luke and Jess for some reason that's really one of the ones that like really gets me it's so good. Oh, that's really powerful. Yeah. And thinking about someone who is a bit troubled or whatever in real life, what would help you have a character arc like Jess's is someone who's like always there for you. And I think a lot of people don't get that when yeah, whatever reasons their personalities are harder to swallow. I think people do sort of tire of you and like, yeah, like, figure it out, dude, you know, like it's yeah. actually there for you. So that's an amazing relationship. Yeah. And and also because, like, someone like Jess is not going to trust that someone's always going to be there for them. And so, yeah. like, when Luke, like, really does end up kind of, like, welcoming him back whenever, um, I think that that's so, like, oh, like, that's really what I love about Luke is, like, when he, like, is just, like, the reliable guy for everyone. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel about Luke and Lorelai? Uh, yeah, I, like, I I was rooting for them for sure. I, yeah. I think they were, like, the... Because Rory, there are sort of like appealing other partners for her. I feel like for Lorelai, there's like it was like a no-brainer. It's gotta be Luke. How does yeah. she feel about Max Medina? No. I feel <laughs> no for you. It's 
it's funny yeah. brett feels the same way he's like no oh we just did our first live show um earlier this week in new york and um we played one two three he's yours and max medina came up on the screen and people were like oh like the whole audience was like oh yeah. yeah. max medina and i was like oh okay interesting i yeah. it's a bag i never know what i'm gonna get yeah, yeah. max and brett asked me recently he was like maybe i have to go back and rewatch the max era but like do people really love him and i was like i think it's it's one of those things where maybe people really love him as a character isolated from Lorelai. Her yeah. relationship with him, we weren't rooting for. We were rooting yeah. for her to be with Luke. Yeah. Um, but I think Max Medina as a whole, like we have a, an episode called Ick, Max, and it's because he sometimes <laughs> gave us the Ick. I was yeah. just thinking that. I was literally just thinking right now. I was like, even just talking about it, I feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what it is. It's hard to describe, but it's just like... I don't know, just he gave us a little bit of the egg, but yeah, no, yeah. and which which is hard because we there was a fan fest and Scott Cohen who plays Max Medina was there, and he is just the nicest, most thoughtful, articulate person articulate. about this fandom who just like really appreciates like um, the love that he still gets for this character that he played for like one season plus a couple of yeah. extra episodes mm. and he's just like such a nice guy so like when we were at the event and his picture came up I'm not a Max fan so I was like oh and yeah. I had to like I was the one who had to choose him but I was like I would choose Scott Cohen because like what a nice delightful man who brought <laughs> his dog everywhere <laughs> that's not an option Haley but but I appreciate it <laughs> but Max Medina I was like no man no can't do it <laughs> Yeah, it was it was Luke. It was Luke or bust. And Luke's character is also very exciting to watch as you move through the show. But it's yeah. his relationship with Lorelai and it's his relationship with Jess. Yeah, that is really, really special to watch. Yeah. So I'm really excited to hear about your journey with it. I know. I feel like you watching. have to come back when you actually get through I will, it. I will. Because I feel like yeah. you're going to have so many more thoughts and be yeah. like, how do I feel? Because I, I, like, I feel like you're like a rare treasure who like loves Gilmore Girls and like loves Jess and kind of ended and doesn't really yeah, know, doesn't, what know, doesn't know what yeah, happened that we have found. And so like yeah. now your homework is to go watch the rest and then come back because like and see how you your opinions on him might change or might grow or stay the same. <laughs> I'm excited too. I do have one more question for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I feel super weird anytime I see Melissa McCarthy on that. Like, I cannot, <gasps> I cannot accept that it is Melissa McCarthy. And I'll, every time I'm like, is it Melissa McCarthy or is it someone who looks just like her? And I'm just curious how that is for you guys and how you felt the first time you saw Bridesmaids. Because I do remember when I saw Bridesmaids, I was like, is that the the woman from Gilmore Girls? Like this is such a different character, and I remember even then being like, "I don't think it is," but she looks so much like her. They yeah. still have this distance over her. Yeah. For me, similarly to you, those are two different people in my mind. Yeah. Like I see her on in Bridesmaids. I see her in the films because she's obviously had a stellar. Yeah. Dazzling. She was in career. The Little Mermaid. She was Ursula. The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Ursula was one of the yeah. first things that came to I'm mind. I'm like, that's not the same person to me. They yeah. just are like. It just feels like. Before Bridesmaids, which for me is like Gilmore Girls. I know she did Mike and Molly. Like, she's had an incredible career. But, like, there's Gilmore Girls. It stands on its own. Her is Suki St. James. And then, like, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. yeah. Like, Very when scary. I watch all those things, I don't see Suki. Like, Suki is a different person than Melissa McCarthy's yes. career. <laughs> and not, also, like, in a negative way. The show had such a meteoric... Like, Melissa McCarthy is, like, one of the biggest celebrities. Yeah. And the show sort of took off quite like that so it is also just weird to see her in Gilmore you're like how did they get Melissa McCarthy to play this part like seventh on the yeah. well, because a lot of the actors that go on to have other roles even Lauren Graham doing parenthood directly after Gilmore Girls that was a long span of time it was yeah. still it just still felt like and this is not speaking to Lauren Graham's acting ability she's amazing but it felt like Lorelai Gilmore playing Sarah Braverman like yeah, yeah. You know, when you see Alexis Bledel, I mean, Alexis Bledel doing uh, Handmaid's Tale for me. That's not Rory. <laughs> that's not Rory Gilmore. But, you know, even Matt Zucri on The Resident on, um, oh gosh, what was that show he did? Uh, the Good, Good Wife. Wife. The Good Wife. Kind of an asshole on The Good Wife, though. I feel like that's why I won't be Team Logan, because that's okay. what I've, I've seen him on Gilmore Girls. I have seen him on The Good Wife. But I feel like oh. his character changes. Like him and... Um, 
oh, what is her name? Alicia. Um, yeah. They become like pals in That's a way, true. like when he goes to jail. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, I haven't seen The Good Wife in so long, but what a great show. Yeah. Um, but like that to me, like watching that, I was like, that's Logan. Like, I don't know. It's just when you grow up watching, it's kind of the same as Friends. Oh, Matthew Perry. Yeah. Um, when you watch, I mean, with the exception of maybe Jennifer Aniston, when I'm watching all of those other actors do other roles, like I watched um, Charlie's Angels recently uh, with Lucy Liu and Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore and Matt LeBlanc came up and I was like, that's Joey Tribbiani. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just like, they are these characters and, and that's not to put them in a box. It's just because when you grow up watching someone and becoming tethered to who they are as characters in the show, that's kind of what you see. But for Melissa McCarthy, it is for some reason just very easy for me to go. Nope. No, no. Yeah. You're like not even the same person. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Do you feel that way about Milo when you see him in other things? I'm like, this is Jess. Jess? Um, I think of him as Jess. I particularly, the thing that I saw him in after Gilmore Girls, which I loved was Heroes. Right. Yes, of course. Especially on Heroes. To me, he was Jess. Yeah. 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 Did you see that he recently got married to someone? He's married? He just got got married. Like, and like her last name is Mariano. And her and first initial is J. She yeah. he married J. Mariano. I think it's Jera is her first name. Yeah. Um, I didn't uh, know that. But it's rigged. When, when I read it, I thought I was like so confused. I was like, why would they use her married name in this headline? Why would they not use her maiden name to describe who she was? And I felt like I was having like some sort of like brain aneurysm because I was like, I couldn't understand the headline. And I was like, Milo Ventimiglia married someone. His name is Milo Like, I like, I couldn't understand it, but I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) Wild. Less wild, but uh, what's that guy who played Chuck Bass on Gossip Girl? Ed? Ed Ed Westwick. But he has a dog that he named Humphrey. And I heard him (laughs) in the talking about it. And he like, the person was like, oh, for Dan? (laughs) <laughs> who like so they're like enemies dan humphrey and he's like what and he's like no for bogart like he was like i didn't even put it together that he like named that's his dog so funny that is so funny oh <laughs> also I on the show he wouldn't call him dead he would call him humphrey that's was, right like, yeah. yeah oh my god i just rewatched. Yeah. i just binged it all um about six months ago maybe a year ago i love that show so much yeah I love it. it's so good still holds up living in new york city i was just like after i'd watch it it's like you know those videos where you see on tiktok where they're like this is me before i've watched gossip girl this yeah, is yeah. me one day after watching gossip girl like two yeah. days in i was just like sunglasses on blair waldorfing my way around town. scheming in a headband, headband. Yeah. Yeah. scheming in a headband pearls on like yeah. no notes i just love yeah. that show so much how has it been to uh to work with pen and like how do you feel now that your worlds are going to collide potentially gossip girl working with pen gilmore girls having my love and Amelia on <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I hope hope we get Milo on. It would be amazing. But it is, I will say it's super strange, like having meeting celebrities that I've like idolized since I was young. Um, It never feels the way that I think it's going to. Like it feels more normal somehow. I think Chase Crawford, I will say we had Chase Crawford on who played Nate on Gossip Girl. And that one was like, Chase is just such a beautiful man that for and very like, charming in a way where he's not trying to be like you can tell when someone's trying to be charming he's just like naturally like a little bit uh he's like boyish and he's like a little bit shy and uh for like three days I couldn't stop thinking about him of course <laughs> I'm so obsessed weird. I love that yeah. you've gotten to have wow. some people on Ed Chase yeah. Crawford Ed Westwick Taylor Momsen was recently on like I just hey, did you so have cool. Ed on Ed was on. you haven't had Ed okay on. oh I'm sorry I thought that you guys had Leighton Leighton Chase and Taylor yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And if you have Milo Ventimiglia on, that will be, oh. I'll text you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Text us and make sure we know the difference between Pat yeah. and Milo. <laughs> that is so, so great. Funny. Oh, well, it's been such a joy to have you here to talk all things yeah. Jess Mariano and just middle school uh, musings, middle school musings over Gilmore yeah. Girls. And um, we'll definitely have to have you back on when you have watched the show in its entirety because I have a feeling that some of your feels are going to change and just yeah. you know taking everything into account to kind of wrap up Jess Mariano as a character I think will be really exciting for you yeah I'm excited yeah, yeah. thanks for having me on this was so of fun of course yeah we'll thanks talk to so you much. soon